This is Big Tasty Sports. We're back off our own personal bye week. We got far enough into the NFL season that we figured, you know, even people who make YouTube videos need a bye. So Yanni's back with me. Don and the Bills had as they get back on the right side of the win column. Uh, Again, last week, Yanni, how was your week off of making videos? (laughs) <laughs> it was good. There was a lot of other things going on, so it was nice to have that break. I know how these players feel uh, during that season. And, and just think, I don't even have to get beat up like they do, so I, I get it. I get it. I know. I know. It, it apparently is even worse for them. I don't know. Yeah, supposedly. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Uh, well, hey, we're just going to jump into the slate of games for this week. Honestly, the slate overall does not look awesome from just a matchup perspective. There are some, there are a few really good matchups. Um, but then also, Yanni, you're always great about saying games can still be good for betting, even if they're not the best matchups in the world. And that makes them interesting too, right? You put enough money on something, you'll be interested. So we're going to run through some of these better matchups first, and then we will circle around and pick up whatever else we like from a betting perspective. So let's start out with the game in Germany. We're going even further than London this time, and the Dolphins and Chiefs are traveling over for a Sunday morning game. Kansas City coming off of that just really gross loss to Denver. Actually, before we jump into this game, <laughs> this is me taking a tangent real quick. The last couple of weeks have just made me feel like the NFL is this big glob of teams that are some variation of about the same (laughs) like I know there are some teams that are better than others for sure but I think even in my mind maybe I overestimate the difference sometimes like you know I think Kansas City going and I didn't bet that game because I just thought Kansas City was bound to trip up at some point but I still thought they would win by double digits and they go in and get absolutely smacked by a team that's been playing terrible like do you think we overestimate the difference between these teams sometimes, or is it just a week week at a time kind of thing? I, I think it's more a week at a time thing. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. We were joking about the NBA and how guys sometimes they just don't play. And, yep. coach, you know, and it's like, obviously not quite the same thing in the NFL. You have to be ready to play, obviously a smaller calendar schedule. But I think at some point, you know, you look and you say, okay, if Denver and Kansas City were playing in the playoffs, does Denver still win that game? I, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, I may, maybe they do. Maybe they played a great, and they did play a nice game. You know, maybe they yeah, played a sure. great game, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like there is a pretty big discrepancy still between a team like Kansas City and Denver. But I think, again, we just see that every week thing. And, and there is, I mean, there's such a small margin for error, even with the better teams. I mean, you still have to take care of the football. You still have to, you know, not commit bad penalties, those kind of things. And, you know, obviously in the case of the Chiefs, that that didn't happen. They were careless with the football. They had some bad yeah. penalties and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, that is a great point that you bring up. I was just pulling up my sheet here with the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, five turnovers in a game. You're probably going to lose, even if right. you're the Chiefs, right? right? So that's a great point. These these things are worth paying attention to. Um, what fuels that? So, all right, well. Um, let's get on to that game. Then my Kansas city is a two and a half point favorite right now over Miami and the totals around 50 and a half 51 somewhere in there. What do you think happens with these two good, like top of the AFC kind of teams going over to Germany? I'll be honest. I was disappointed that Kansas city lost for two reasons. Number one, I had them in a teaser. Um, so obviously I was not happy about that. But I, I really I wanted them to go into this game on that win streak because I really like Miami in this spot. I like them a little bit less just because Kansas City is coming off that loss. You got to figure they're going to be pretty focused. Um, of course, you know, the, this is kind of one of those anomaly type games over over in Germany and whatnot. But I still do like the Dolphins here. And obviously, the key numbers three were not quite there. But I, I think when you kind of look at this game, you've got two teams kind of playing differently right now in in terms of what they're doing. And I realized it was one game for Kansas city just three weeks ago, Mahomes threw for five, four touchdowns and 400 yards, whatever. 
But I think that what I see here is Miami's defense is, is improving. They're on the rise, which I think we thought would happen, bringing in a new defensive coordinator. And we know their offense can score. And I mean, I was very, I think more than anything, I was disappointed in that Chiefs defense. And I know they were on the field a lot. Mahomes turned the ball over that, you know, they fumbled, that kind of thing. But I thought that Chiefs defense would really be able to kind of stymie Denver. And they weren't really able to. I mean, Denver moved the ball. Um, you know, when they needed to, they made plays when they needed to. So I think the Miami offense is, is pretty much unstoppable. I mean, they're going to put up their near 30 points every week, no matter who the opponent is. So the question for me in this game is, can Kansas City keep up? Certainly, we know they can. We've seen them do that. But this iteration of the Kansas City offense, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I think that this does get to be a little bit of a track meet. Usually these Europe games, they start a little bit slow as these teams kind of act, acclimate. And then they kind of get going, it seems like, more in the second half. So maybe this game starts slow. I don't know. But I think the Dolphins have a little too much firepower. And if it weren't for the fact that Kansas City lost this last week, I would be really high on the Dolphins here. I'm still high on them, not quite as much. Uh, but I still think they get it done here. Do, uh, do you know if Devon Achan comes back this week or the next week? I don't believe it's this week. I think he has one more, it, one more week. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, certainly Miami has a ton of firepower. I, I sort of feel like in the long run, they need him. Um, oh, yeah. My, Miami's an interesting team where it's like, I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill is there, but you think if Tyreek Hill got hurt, I actually think their offense would kind of be in trouble. You know, like it's super dynamic, but they need all their weapons. Kansas City's sort of, well, they're not as dynamic, but similar with Kelsey, where it's like, man, if this team didn't have Kelsey, where in the world would they be? Because they've just got nothing after that, it feels right. like right now. And I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone out and tried to address that somehow. I mean, McCole Hardman's not exactly the splashy name you want to go get get in free agencies or in, in a trade. Um, as far as this game, I do think because of what you said, it makes it really hard for me to know which way to go here because of Kansas City losing that last game and looking so bad doing it. Um I do think that they have the advantage on defense at this point. Now they need to have the advantage because Miami definitely has a much more dynamic offense. Um, but I think that both teams are going to be able to move the ball. Um, I, yeah, I, I haven't been able to wrap my mind around this one in terms of what will happen. I really can see pathways for either team to win, but I think that the Kansas city path to winning probably is a, a little bit lower scoring game. And Miami winning is probably a higher scoring game. And so, you know, you never know how going over to Germany affects things. I'd actually be interested. I don't know if you've seen anything about the travel schedule of these teams. I have not. Okay. I ha I'm not going to look into it right now and bore everyone while I look things up on the internet. But it would be wor something worth checking into. It seems like the teams, um, like the Ravens, I think, were one where they went over earlier to get acclimated, that that's been a bit of an advantage. So might be worth checking into when those teams are arriving in Germany. It, it, it would be, I think. But, you know, I also would say this. This is probably when you think about when you hear the top names of coaches, offenses in particular, you hear McDaniel, Reed, Shanahan. So you've got two of the big three here that you hear um, facing off. So I, but I think that it probably complicates things further just because there's, to me, not really an advantage either way. Normally, you look at a game, and you say, oh, Kansas City has an advantage because of Andy Reid, or the Dolphins may have an advantage, at least on offense, because of Mike McDaniel. That kind of gets nullified in this game because they they each kind of have that. So when you factor in going overseas in that, it, you don't necessarily have to account for that because I think they're probably in a pretty level playing field when you look at that. Yeah, I definitely think the coaching is strong on both counts for sure. So I, I think like you said, I would love to watch and hope that this game gets to three. And and then I would be on Miami at plus three, I think. Right now, I'd be likely to stay away. Um, but I, I don't think I... Kansas City, I don't... I believe in them to be good. I don't necessarily believe in them to be great at this point. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I would want to bet them. Um, but plus three would be nice. So do you have anything else from this game uh, that you're interested in? Team totals? I mean, that total's high at 51. Do you feel like they still get over that? 
So normally I would say yes. And, and honestly, that would be an angle I would be looking under that number of 51 and saying going over. But these Europe games, they tend to be lower scoring. We've seen a, a pattern of that every year. And again, I don't know if it takes them a little while to acclimate to that, or it, but it just seems like, especially in the first half, a lot of these teams just don't really get the offenses moving. So that scares me a little bit. I've been riding the Miami team total all year long. Um, and I may continue to fire on that, but I probably won't this week, um, even though I do think Miami gets this done, just because of that going overseas. I, I just, there's something about those London games, or in this case, Germany, something about these European games where, and it's natural. I mean, if you've been to Europe, I mean, you're, it takes your body a little while to get familiar with kind of how that time change works. So, you know, you, you're looking at teams that are used to playing in the central or Midwest time zone here, and you're asking them to travel across halfway across the world here. So for me, that total, even though I think it normally would go over, I, I can't do it here just because of the, the trajectory and history of the unders in these games. Yeah, the overseas. I, the other thing I'll throw in here is if you look back and see when Miami has played reasonably good defenses they played the Patriots in week two which at that point they had less injuries and they scored right. 24 points it's not like they couldn't score they still won the game they scored 24 points it's decent but it's not like 40 right right so they scored 24 there against your bills before the bills had a lot of their injuries they scored 20 against the Eagles they scored 17 and then, I mean, the Patriots again, but that against the Patriots again, there were more injuries where they scored 31. Right. So I think you do have a little bit of a history, too, of where Miami has faced better defenses that the scoring hasn't been astronomical like it has been against bad teams. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned the line maybe getting to three. It's not impossible that the over could get over 51. Um, if that ends up being the case, you know, at that point, I think you can look the other direction and say, you know what, due to the history of unders in these European games, if it gets over kind of that key total number of 51, I, I mean, you could consider that. Yeah, I think as we're talking it out, that's probably something I'll keep my eye on to see if that line ticks up a little bit more. And I think I'd have some interest in the under there. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on to a next game. This game is kind of crappy, but it just was interesting to me. So we'll maybe go past it kind of quick, but it's Tampa Bay going to Houston. Houston is minus two and a half. The total's 40. Here's here's part of why this game is interesting to me. If you rewind two weeks ago, people were really high on Tampa Bay. I think even you and I were talking and I said, hey, I think I was kind of wrong on Tampa Bay. Uh, they're better than not. I said they're not great, but they're better than I thought they were. And I think that they're a contender to win this division. Two weeks later, they've lost a couple games. Um, haven't necessarily looked great, though. If you watch some of those games, we were talking about this before we jumped on. There are some little plays. There are some drops that have happened, different yeah. things where th those games could have gone differently than they went. So I'm interested in this just because. I actually bet Tampa Bay money line already in this game. I think Houston has been overvalued um, and got a little bit. I think CJ Stroud's good, and I think he has a promising future. I think the Mika, I think that franchise is trending in the right direction, but I think they're more of what we thought they were before, like a little bit better than what we thought they were. And I still think Tampa Bay is a solid team. I think that defense is solid. I think that Baker Mayfield is still playing pretty decent. And so this just feels like a game of sort of like a buy low on Tampa Bay for me. But I'm curious if you feel that way or if you feel like Tampa Bay is is, you know, in that bottom tier in the league, kind of like we thought they were. Yeah, I'm going to take the chicken way out and say a little bit of both. Um, All right. I, when I first looked at that line, I was a little surprised. I thought this would be more like Houston minus two, minus one. So seeing it a full field goal, which I believe it opened at a full field goal. Um, yeah. that surprised me a little bit, um, just because like you said, I mean, we're, we, we're only a couple weeks removed from, wow, Tampa's pretty good. And then, you know, we saw Houston come out and lose to Carolina. Here's, here's what I would say. And I know I've mentioned this to you before. I more so than most sports betters account for injury. I think, I, I mean, I put huge mm -hmm. emphasis on that. Um, a lot of people don't, they're like, ah, yeah, well, give me half a point for that guy and move on. I don't look at it that way. And I look at a guy like Vita Vea being out for that Tampa Bay defense. And to me, that completely changes the way they want to play. They want to be able to stop the run with their front four and allow their back seven to do what they do there. And with Vea out, they can't do that. And as a result, I think they're more vulnerable to the pass, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we have to look, first of all, at his availability. My guess is he's going to play because he was 
questionable this last go round, and I think they held him out knowing they'd have the mini buy there and you know wanted him to get healthy. To me, that makes a big difference for Tampa. I think that makes a huge difference here because now you're stopping a Houston running attack that they can't do anything. They can't move the ball on the ground. So you're putting it all on C.J. Stroud at this point. And like you, he's looked good. I think he'll probably be a good player. But when you're that one-dimensional and you're playing a veteran defense, mistakes can happen there. And then, of course, you flip the other way. That Houston defense has been pretty good. They played pretty well all year. But they're not great. They're not an elite defense. They're not a you know a shutdown, slam the door type defense. You've got a team. You got a guy like Mike Evans coming off of a game where he did very little. You know they're going to make an effort to get him the football. Um, you know they actually showed a little bit of sign of life running the ball, and I think you can run on that Houston defense even if you have a, a bad rushing offense like Tampa. So I, I'm with you. Getting that key number of three that jumped out to me right away. Do I love the bet? No, because again you're looking at two less than probably average teams. I mean, Tampa's probably average. Houston's probably a little under average if you look at it that way. But I do, I'm with you on the side of, I think Tampa is the play here. I think that um, Baker Mayfield can do just enough in this game. This has the the feeling to me of one of these really close games where, you know, it's going to come down to a few points here or there. So if you're getting the field goal, to me, this is like, hey, you're winning or you're pushing. Chances are, in in me, in my opinion, you're, you're pushing or you're winning. I like those odds. Sure, of course, Tampa could get blown out in this game. They could lose by a touch, of course. But again, I look at this as a potential push or win for Tampa. For me, that's enough to want to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, I pulled the trigger. And I mean, it's always good to, you know, hear you be kind of like on my side or whatever. But I actually, I feel like Tampa gets right here a little bit. I I think Houston's going to not trend back up necessarily. I think their schedule was fairly easy. And um, they had some good turnover luck and and they're going to be competitive. They're not crappy by any means, but I like Tampa Bay to win this one by like four or six, um, but we'll see. All right, uh, let's move on to a better game uh, or at least theoretically a better game with Seattle going across the country to Baltimore, uh, Baltimore minus five and a half here. So we're getting up toward that six, even 42 and a half as the total. Uh, both of these teams seem to have a little bit of momentum. Do you think this ends up being a close game or what happens here? Baltimore is always a tricky team for me. Um, And we've seen over the really since Lamar Jackson's been there, they often play to their level of competition. And I think, you know, I caught I haven't watched the replay, but I caught a chunk of that game on red zone, you know, just bits and pieces. So I'll be curious to go back and watch a little bit more. But they looked really uninterested against Arizona. I, I mean, Lamar looked like he was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll fling a pass out of here. I'll do this. We'll hand it off. Like they, their offense looked very disinterested in that game. And yet they were able to go in and get it done. And well, they should have covered, but we won't get into the bad beat if anyone had Baltimore <laughs> in that one. Thankfully, I didn't. Or I would have been really upset. Yeah, um, you know, but, but anyways, you know, I, I think that. What I would say is this, is when Baltimore's clicking, they're as good as anyone in the league. The question is, will they be clicking week in and week out? We see them kind of have these spurts where they just, yeah, you know, they don't have it. On the flip side, Seattle has done very good, very well going across seas, or I'm sorry, not across seas, across the country. Um, just about. You know, Yeah, yeah, basically for them. I mean, it's about the same freaking flight distance. So, you know, for them coming across, they've done very well. I would say this. I don't think I'm going to bet this game, and here's why. I think that Seattle is the right side here taking the points. I have a feeling, and and this is why I'm not betting it, in my gut, I think this stays a very close game. When you really kind of break down the matchup here, though, Baltimore should win this game by a touchdown or more, in my opinion. So I'm conflicted here. You know, if you're kind of that analytical better, I think you look at Baltimore and say, they're the side here, but there's something about this that tells me that this is going to be a really close game and getting five points is a lot. So anyways, that's my way of saying I pass on this game. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think I am thinking about this game similar to what you just said in that Baltimore, if both teams played their best game, I think Baltimore is definitely the better team here. Um, I think Baltimore's offense still has tremendously high upside. And I think we haven't seen it that often. Um, like you said, whether it's them being disinterested or inconsistent or whatever it is, this just feels like a team that still hasn't put it together all the way. Uh, except what was the game they had before Arizona where they, oh, they, they crushed, uh, 
uh, Who did Detroit, they crush? The Lions. Detroit. Oh, yeah. right, right. It was Detroit. So obviously that's a good game and Detroit has had, you know, not been as good away from home, but that's crushing a legitimately good team. I think Detroit is a good team and, and I don't think if they run that game back a bunch of times, it's going to be that big of a blowout, you know, so Detroit didn't play well, but I do think that Baltimore has the upside to go off offensively like that. We just don't see it much. So to me, it's really hard to trust Seattle on the other side. I feel like has, I mean, they're a good team, but I almost feel like they've gotten a little bit lucky in some of these games to end up uh, where they've ended up. And so I really do feel like Baltimore is the better team here, like you said. But with how inconsistent they are, it's really hard for me to want to bet them. I I feel like if anything here, I would consider the tease, which gets it to a pick, basically. And then I just need Baltimore to win. But I'm not sure I really even want to go there because if Baltimore doesn't show up, Seattle can win this game. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And I mean, I don't hate the teaser angle. I mean, if, if it's what is it, five and a half right now, five. So, yeah, yes, yes, you get. Yeah. So I I don't hate that, but I mean, we've seen Baltimore stumble and Seattle is a good enough team that they can, you know, they can make that happen. It's crazy though. When you, if you look Baltimore from, if I'm reciting this correctly, don't quote me on this. They're the only team that's top six in offensive and defensive EPA. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe they're number one DVOA, uh, you know, net, for the entire league as you know, number one ranked DVOA team. So if you're one of those metrics guys, you're looking at that and saying, Hey, this team is substantially better and they probably are. But again, are they going to be focused? Are they showing up? Can they get it done in a game like this? Sure. I mean, we saw, like you said, against Detroit, they could win this by 30 points. I just, something tells me though, this is going to be one of those weird, like Seattle hangs around Lamar puts the ball on the ground you know, next thing you know, it's 20 to 17 going into the, you know, stretch of the game. And I just, I, I don't want any part of that. I, I can't do it because I feel like if I took Baltimore, I'd be going against my heart or my gut on this one. But if <laughs> yeah. I took Seattle, I'd be going against overwhelming analytical evidence. Mm. So I really want neither part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with where you're coming from there on this game. I, I do think potentially I could be interested in the over here. I mean, I could see this game being messy and turnovers and it stays low scoring or whatever, but at 42 and a half, um, I think both of these teams have the ability to put up, you know, 24 to 28 points. So I could see this also getting over pretty easily. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on over under at 42 and a half? It's a low number, and you know my phrase, when it gets to that 42 and under, you can almost stumble to and over. So, I mean, I I hear you. Here's what I'm a little concerned about. I think that Seattle offense, to be successful, has to run the football. They've got to be mm-hmm. able to run the football. And I don't know on the road at Baltimore that they're going to be able to run the ball real well. If that's the case, if they have to be a little more one-dimensional – can Geno Smith get it done there? I'm not sure. So even though that is a low number and, and I, pretty much if I see any number that's 42 or under, I immediately think over just because again, in today's NFL, you can kind of stumble there, but I don't know about this one here. I just, I'm not sure that Seattle's going to move the ball at that point. If that's the case, do you need 30 points from Baltimore to right. make that happen? Which they could do, but that's, you know, saying, Oh, are they definitely going to get 30, 32 points out of this game? I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't want to have to count on that for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on to, I'd say the next two games are the two best games of the week. First up, we have Dallas going to Philadelphia. Dallas off, a, you know, just a, a beat down this last weekend. Uh, Philadelphia minus three right now, 46 and a half total. Philadelphia has been, been playing well. A.J. Brown has been an absolute, destruction machine at wide receiver uh the cowboys offense looked like it had some life uh last week i saw dak prescott say he's in a rhythm now so apparently we can play this knowing that dak's in a rhythm what do you think happens when these two teams at the top of the nfc east hook up in philly this weekend when you have two teams that are similar in, I'm going to say talent and, you know, we feel they're on a similar tier, which I, to me, I think right now, these two teams are kind of on a similar tier. If it's a division game, I'm going to ride with the home team. So I'll say that right off the bat. I think you got to look at the home team here. If this game were in Dallas and the line were flipped or close, you know, close to flip there, I would probably lean Dallas. 
it's it, to me, it would be surprising if these teams did not split their series. I mean, if one team wins both, I would be a little bit surprised, not like shocked, but a little bit surprised. I think they're probably going to split. So I'm, I'm initially going to look at the home team and say, okay, you know, let's look at that here. But this kind of has the reverse syndrome of Kansas City where Dallas came out and rolled. Um, you know, they were, like you said, they were in rhythm. They were on fire. They, they destroyed that Rams team. And now you wonder, are, are they maybe a little bit of a sell high type situation where because they look so good? I mean, CeeDee Lamb had a career game last week. I know because I played against him in my fantasy football league, which was not cool. But but I mean, is he going to do is he going to do that again? Probably not, you know, especially with with a little bit better cornerback play, probably or set secondary play from the Eagles. So you start looking at that and saying, OK, can they really grind it out with Tony Pollard? They haven't really been able to run the ball that well in Dallas. I mean, Pollard's been okay. He hasn't been very good. He's been okay. Um, so if they don't run the ball well, if CeeDee Lamb gets, you know, kind of shut down a little bit more than he did last week, how much offense are they getting there? Can they get enough from those complimentary guys, the Brandon Cooks, the, the Jake Ferguson's? Can they get enough there? Maybe, but I, I don't think so. I think that this is the type of game where, like, and I – when you look at that Dallas game, when they got off to that hot start, in my mind, I'm like, blowout city. Like, they're going to just run away with this because we've seen Dallas do this. When they're in those more of those, like, boxing back and forth matches, they don't seem to be nearly as good. It's like, I don't know if they're more tense or I, I don't know what the situation is. But, you know, you also look at how did Dallas score? They got a pick six. Okay, sure, that could happen. Blocked punt, right? I mean, yeah, those things could happen. But are those things going to happen two weeks in a row? you start looking at that kind of a variability there and say, okay, maybe not. Now, again, this game probably will be close. So it's a little bit of hypocritical speaking by me, knowing when I just said, oh, it's going to be close. I'm going to take the three points with Tampa. This is a little different though. I think this is Philly's chance at home to kind of, I'm going to say assert a little bit of their physical dominance on the, on their offensive side of the ball. Meaning I think they will be able to run the ball a little bit in this game. Um, we've seen, like you said, AJ Brown has basically been about as unguardable. I mean, he literally looks like Calvin Johnson out there in these games. So uh, to me, I'm on Philly in this game here. I think that they get this done. Um, probably not going to be easy. It's a division game, probably going to be a little bit of a slugfest, but I just feel like they're a slightly better team. They're at home, and I think the matchup helps them here. So when I roll all three of those up together, I'll take the home team here. I'll take Philly. So I'm with you. Uh, I get a little bit nervous just because I still think there are times where Philly hasn't really shown up. But part of the reason that I'm with you is because I think they have to have this game circled on the schedule. Uh, last week against Washington, I thought their defensive pressure was really disappointing. Right. Um, I mean, everybody expected them to come out and sack Sam Howell 10 times because everybody's sacking Sam Howell 10 times. And it, they, they really struggled, especially early in the game, to get any kind of pressure on Sam Howell whatsoever. And I do feel like they're... Uh, like their their defensive line play in terms of getting pressure has been a little bit inconsistent at times this season. But I think that this is a game that they get up for. I think maybe one of the themes that we're kind of talking about here or talking around is even though it's not a an NBA season with, you know, 82 games or whatever, it's a 17 game season. Still, you get into the middle of the season and especially for a team like Philly that's been rolling. They've won a lot of games. You're, it's natural that they're going to have a letdown game here and there. It's natural for anybody to have a letdown game here and there. And so the fact that they're still winning most of their letdown games is a good sign for them. And Dallas, I think um, when Dallas gets on the right side of a game, I think that they can roll a little bit. I think that defense is made for pinning their ears back when they know what's going to happen. Um, and that's when they tend to get turnovers as well, which is one of the things that has driven their success. But I think that when they're behind or when it's a close game, that stuff just isn't going to happen as much because other offense can keep them off balance more. Also, Dallas on the road, I mean, they they crushed the Giants 40 to nothing. We know about that one. But, I mean, they lost to the Cardinals on the road. They got crushed by the 49ers on the road, which the 49ers are a very, very good team despite what's happened here recently. They beat the Chargers by three. The Chargers have really struggled. So... I just think that this isn't a great spot for Dallas. And yep. 
yes, it's two good teams and anything can happen. I mean, especially you think, what if, you know, a pick six gets thrown early in the game or something and it sort of swings that momentum? Well, you can't plan for that kind of stuff, right? So if that happens, it will change the game. But if that doesn't happen, I think that Philadelphia is going to be able to overwhelm Dallas a little bit here. You said it in terms of the physicality. When I think of Philadelphia, I think they are a more physical team and they'll be able to put it on Dallas over time. It's been concerning to me on the offensive side of the ball how little they've been able to get Tony Pollard going. And you referenced that too, but that was supposed to be such a big deal this year. I mean, I, I was excited for Tony Pollard rushing the ball and not like it can't come around for him still, but they haven't been able to assert themselves in the running game. And Dak can be in a rhythm. He can say he's in a rhythm. I think going to Philadelphia for a divisional game will get him out of a rhythm pretty quick. So I actually see Philadelphia being able to win this game by a touchdown, maybe 10 points, you know, maybe gets it gets inside of that late. But so three or less, I like the Philadelphia side in this one. Yeah, well, I, we sound completely aligned on that one. I mean, it's I, I think Dallas, as we go in it throughout the season, they are definitely a live betting candidate on these games because of yeah. what, you, what you just brought up. Uh, now, like you said, it, let's just say hypothetically Dallas gets off to a fast start and whatever. I don't know in this game against Philly that I would do that. But, you know, looking back on yesterday, my biggest regret is not not pulling the trigger on live betting Dallas when they got up early on the Rams because you could see that snowball coming. You're like, this is going to be it. Snowball's coming. And, and you know, I unfortunately didn't jump in on that lesson learned, you know, and again, maybe not this week with Philly, but I think throughout the season when they're playing those average to below average teams, if they get on a roll, they just have those 40 to nothing type performances in those games. So, but I don't think that's what we're going to get to your point, just to reiterate in this one. I think this is going to be a game where, you know, Philly kind of grinds it out, um, you know, and and like you said, maybe at the end it gets a little bit closer, whatever, but I'm with you. I think this is like a touchdown win for Philly. Great. Uh, any thoughts on the over under 46 and a half? You know, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think these teams, I would lean under if I had to bet it, but that number seems probably around where this game would finish to me. So again, unless something gets out of hand and you get early pick sixes, that kind of a thing, I think this game probably sticks right around there. I, what do you think? Yeah, I like the under a little bit. I don't think I'll even bet it, but I definitely can see like a 27, 17 here, something like that. Uh, I, I can see Dallas struggling to score, to be honest, especially yeah, if they yeah. get behind and they have to try to force force things. But uh, I'll stay away from the total, I'm pretty sure. But that's yeah. the way I'd lean. Yep. All right, uh, let's go to the other big game that we have left to talk about, which is your Buffalo Bills going to a rejuvenated Cincinnati Bengals team. I know I like that hat, by the way. That's pretty sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have my... Uh, grieving minnesota vikings had on the all black tonight i know we, we didn't get to talk about that it, I, you know man i'll just say for everybody i i unfortunately i think people are going to learn really quickly just how good kirk cousins was playing and yes i know he made some untimely mistakes and things happen but he was playing really maybe the best football of his career and yes if you took a few of those turnovers away you could honestly say he was playing better than anybody in the league um, yeah. You know, and, and I think, unfortunately, people are going to find that out. And, and Kirk's taken a lot of slack over the years. And yeah, he's mediocre and he's he'll never. I don't know, man. He was playing really, really good football. And it's so disappointing because when you look at like the emergence of Jordan Addison coming on and it's like, wow, you get Justin Jefferson back with the way Addison's playing. And then you see that Brian Flores defense really making some progress there. It's like, wow, all of a sudden you got. A, a dynamic passing game, a defense playing well, a quarterback that's playing well. So I'm I'm sorry for you, man. I'm disappointed. I think the I think NFL fans got robbed, you know, by by not being able to see how that played out through the year. Yeah, I mean, you, you know that I was a doubter early this season, but I think one of the things that had started to make a big difference is Minnesota's offensive line was actually yeah, coming yep. together and playing pretty well. And I've said before, like, if you give Kirk time, he will pick you apart. Oh, yeah. His, yeah. his problem is he struggles when there's pressure. But, man, he was navigating it well. I'm with you, man. It was it was fun to watch the way that he was playing here recently. So I hate um, it for you, man. I really I hate it for, bummer, but. as an NFL fan. I hate that. I mean, it's, right. I hate to see you hate to see that. 
going through lots of these matchup, we can use all the pretty good teams we can get yeah. <laughs> for, oh, for well, some of these for games. Sure. Right? And I mean, you know, we've seen some big name players get lost for the year and, you yeah. know, it, it, it waters down the product. You know, it's like you, you think about that Jets and Giants game yesterday oh. and, and you, you've just got to imagine that if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is in there and whatever, that game looks different. Right. And, and it's just. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, unfortunately, it waters down the product overall. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Buffalo Cincinnati shouldn't be watered down since he's minus three right now. Um, I think they started out minus one because mm-hmm. uh, this gives away a little bit of where I'm at at this on this game, though not everything. I actually bet Cincinnati's money line, but I think I got minus one fourteen. Um, so got it pretty early on before this line moved. Going out to three now is a different story. Uh, forty-eight and a half is the total. Yanni, one of the th- obviously interested to hear your thoughts overall. Here, you're the Bills guru. One of the things I'm really interested to hear is what you know in terms of any updates on the injuries, because that has been such a massive factor for Buffalo here um, in recent weeks. That and honestly, the coaching uh, are a couple things I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. I'm with you in the sense that I'll say this, and it brings a tear to my eye. I bet the Bengals pre uh, last week as well on the look ahead line. And actually I I got them plus two and then I actually teased them plus eight. So I have them twice there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling nice work on that. Well, and, and look, you know, I this goes without saying for me, I'll take the emotional hedge. If the bills blow them out, I'll be more than happy <laughs> right. to sacrifice my money right. for that. Um, but but I mean, I've got to be realistic and objective here. And the reality of it is, is go back, rewind a year ago. This game is a matchup nightmare for the Bills. And we talked about this a year ago in the DeMar, before the DeMar Hamlin game. I said, Cincinnati's going to win that Monday night football game. Now, there's no guarantee they would have. We only played not even a full quarter. Um, but the Bengals were moving the ball with ease, you know, in their two possessions there. Now, granted, the Bills moved down, kicked field goal too, but this is a bad, bad, bad matchup for the Bills. Now, with a healthy Bills team, the way that their defense was playing, I would have taken them against anyone. I think they could have competed against anyone. But when you go back to that playoff game when Cincinnati dominated the Bills, there were a lot of reasons for that. But the biggest reason was they controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football handily. Um, and, you know, there's some reasons for that. Daquan Jones was out and Oliver had a banged up foot. Well, fast forward a year here. Daquan Jones is out and Oliver's got a banged up foot. So, you know, there's nothing for me to believe that that's going to be different. And oh, by the way, they did have Matt Milano last year. They're not going to have him this year. So, you know, and he's obviously probably the most critical piece of their defense along with Daquan Jones. So I think, you know, unfortunately, I don't see any way that the Bills defense can stop Cincinnati in this game. I think Joe Mixon has a big game here, both running and catching the football. And when you look at the way that Sean McDermott likes to play defense, he's going to drop into a deep shell because he doesn't want Jamar Chase to get over the top. I get it. But you're going to see those receivers catching eight and nine yard passes over and over and over again. And it's going to be exhausting as a result the Bills offense, they're not going to have a lot of possessions in this game. So their only path to victory is basically if they score a touchdown every time they have a ball, they have the ball, and then they need to hope that a tipped pass goes their way or you know things like that happen. Could the Bills win this game? Sure, they could. Not impossible. I hope they do. I'm going to be cheering for them despite my money on the other side here. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is this is just a bad matchup across the board. They don't match up well. Their scheme doesn't match up well. They're on the road and they're hitting the Cincinnati team that's just now hitting their stride. And the big difference is they're healthy. I mean, they're coming into this yep. game with their Burrow's finally healthy. We saw it last week. He's running around like old Joe Burrow against San Francisco. He, is, he had he, some crazy plays in that he, game. He really did. And, you know, it's like when he can do that, it just takes everything, you know, it just makes things so much better. So I think the the unfortunate for me injuries for the Bills, that's that's too much. I think Cincinnati wins this game. I think they probably win this game by a touchdown, um, you know, maybe even more when you go back again to that playoff game a year ago. I could see it playing out similarly. I think the Bills offense will probably put up a little better fight because their their offense is a little bit healthier than it was going into that game last year. But defensively, it's going to be too much. So I think the Bengals are definitely the play here. Uh, if you can get them under three or even at three, 
Um, you know, I think they're definitely the play. Now, if it gets over, you, you know, you might start looking whatever, but if it's three or under, I think you got to take them. And I do think you can look at the over in this game. I think you may want to wait and see what the weather looks like just to make mm. sure that this isn't a, you know, a, a blustery, windy, you know, crappy night where maybe it slows things down a little bit. But I, I think the Bengals score 40 here, their team total, or I'm sorry, 30 here, not 40. I hope they don't score four. They might, um, <laughs> 30 here, their, their team totals 24 and a half. So, I mean, I think you can look at the Bengals team total here for sure. Um, I, I find it almost impossible. They don't get to 27 points in this game. So, you know, for me, that's another angle you could look at here as well. And, and I'm sorry, let me just say one more. The bills over yeah. two is 20, 22 and a half. Um, so, you know, for that offense to get to 23 points, they, they can do that with their eyes closed. So I, I think the overs in play, I think the team total overs are in, I think the Bengals are in play here for sure. I'm, uh, I mean, I'll give a couple thoughts, but I, I actually just want to ask you a couple questions. So number one, you talked about the Bills offense being able to get over 23 and a half with their eyes closed. I feel like they've stumbled a little bit offensively here recently. I mean, are you confident that that's just like a couple hiccups along the way and there's nothing really wrong there? Well, so when you look at like the games where they really, where they've struggled and it's been a struggle the last month. Now they rebounded against Tampa, you know, last week, I, I know it was only 24 points, but realistically they probably should have had 34 or more in that game. Um, but I, I think there's a couple things here. Execution obviously is big. I mean, they, you talk about a game of inches. I mean, we've missed deep balls by inches, you know, things like that. Um, there've been penalties and a big thing is let, let's, let's call it what it is. Their coaching is not good. Um, you know, they run a very vanilla basic offense that, you know, a lot of times is, Hey, throw it up and hope Diggs is open. You know I mean? That's kind of, kind of what they've been doing out there and they've got to get better at that. But again, I think in this game, the one thing I will say is the coaching staff there does seem to know enough of when they need to try to score and when they don't. And I think where they get themselves in trouble is you look at a game like the Giants, for example, and they're like, oh, that Giants offense isn't going to do a whole lot. So let's be real conservative on offense. We only right? need five points. That's basically <laughs> it. So it's like, hey, let's just be real conservative. You know, some four-yard passes. We'll hand the ball off a lot. I think they know they're going to have to score in this game. And it's kind of like when they played the Dolphins. Like, they came out aggressive as all heck on offense because I think they were expecting Miami could put up 30 plus points, which, you know, Miami does. And I think in this game, they're going to know that the Bengals need to score. And because the Bengals won't score, or I'm sorry, will score, I think they're going to have to, they're just going to have to go out and make some plays and that. So yeah, could it end up being 27 to 10? It sure could. Um, that's not impossible, but 22 and a half for me for this offense, I, I think they'll get it done. Josh Allen, I think has enough to get, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal in that game. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, I think I'm in a pretty similar place to you with this one. Unfortunately, you know, since we're friends, I I want your Bills to win too, you know. But I think the the way I see this most likely going is that Cincinnati continues that rhythm on offense yep. and is able to get up in the game. And then I think that Josh Allen feels like he probably has to do too much and maybe he does have to do too much and I think has some success, but I see him likely making a mistake or two in this game as well. And I think that's the thing that probably puts it away for the Bengals because like you said, the bills can't afford to give away possessions. And I think they probably give her one, one or two possessions away one way or another here. Um, and so, but I do like the over. Um, I, I actually like the Bengals to get into the thirties here. And, yeah. and I think Buffalo getting, you know, to 24, 27, 28, certainly not, not surprising if that happens. So to go over 48 and a half, I think is a pretty, pretty good look in this game overall. And I, and I do like the Bengals. I mean, even like you said, even at minus three, I mean, I'm happy to get the money line, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate minus three if I hadn't. No, protects you against a push, you know, obviously with that. But I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, I hope it is again, but I, I think yeah. the Bengals win this one. I don't want to say easily, but I, I don't think it's also going to be a nail biter either where it comes down to the end. I, I think that probably the Bengals are probably in control for most of this game and, and probably semi comfortably come away with a win here. Yeah, man, just to talk about the Bengals real quick, obviously San Francisco is in at least a short-term tailspin here <laughs> with the last few weeks, but watching that game, it just looked good 
for Cincinnati. I mean, sure Joe did. Mixon looked good. Joe Burrow looked good. The defense looked pretty good. It wasn't just that they had some sort of fluky win over the 49ers or something. It looked different than yeah. it's looked, I thought. They, you know, I'll say this. We haven't talked a lot about futures, but I think if you are a believer in this Bengals team, now's the time to punch that ticket. Um, you know, because I have a feeling they're going to continue to steadily ascend throughout the course of the year here, as long as Burrow's healthy and, you know, their key guys are healthy. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, that's a team. If you asked me today on October 30th and said, who's winning the AFC, despite the fact of their mediocre record, I'm probably saying the Bengals right now, because I think when you look at the other top teams, I mean, we talked a little bit about Kansas City. Um, you know, we talked about Baltimore, the Jags are playing pretty good. We know Miami and Buffalo are, are, you know, quality teams, but I think the Bengals have the most potential as this season goes on and in, into the playoffs, assuming everything goes that way. I, you know, to me, it's still a relatively buy low on them. I mean, we lost a little bit of value with that, you know, kind of beating they put on San Francisco there. Yeah. But it's still to me a buy low because their record is still low enough that I think you can get some good future bets there. If you're a believer in the Bengals, I am. Um, you know, I, I think now's the time to try to punch those tickets. Yeah. So, um, you know, I haven't talked about we. Yeah, we haven't talked about the futures for a while. So I do have the futures dashboard still that I'm keeping up and all that stuff. And I actually think that looking at the numbers that I have, I would prefer a bet and you were referencing this, but a bet on Cincinnati to win the AFC more than a bet for them to win the AFC North. I still have Baltimore with like 11.06 wins and Cincinnati with like around 10. Yeah. So because of that lead Baltimore's built up, I think Baltimore probably still gets it done though at, at the number right now, which is like plus plus one fifteen, I wouldn't bet that, um, you, you know, it's not a bet I'm going to make, but I, I think if Cincinnati can just get in the playoffs, to your point, I almost like their chances, I'd have to look what the number is, but to win the the AFC more than to win their division. Even. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and again, it could sound crazy, but if you said we're playing a football game next Sunday and you can pick any team and they got to win, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm probably taking the Bengals in that game, and that includes – Philly, San Francisco, Kansas City, that, that in Baltimore, everybody. I mean, I'm probably taking Cincinnati. Again, when you said it, they they took it to that San Francisco team. And I still think that San Francisco team is really good. Um, you know, we know obviously they were missing a couple key pieces on offense there. And sure, of course, that makes a big difference. But they really punched that defense in the mouth. And I realized that that San Francisco defense the last three weeks, they've given up some points. They've given up some plays but I still think they are one of the best defenses in the league, top three. Um, and, and, you know, Cincinnati, like you said, they kind of made it look easy. It was like Chase here, Higgins there, Mixon here. And, and it didn't even look like they were laboring to do it. It was almost like San Francisco was on their heels the whole time. And it's like, no matter who they were rushing, no matter who they were dropping, no matter what they were trying to do, they had no answers. Um, and, and, you know, I think when you're, if you're a Bengals fan, you're watching that and you're saying, if they can take it to that defense, they can take it to anybody. Yeah, I just looked and I'll I'll have to shop around, but I just looked at DraftKings and it's plus a thousand to win the AFC. That seems like a pretty solid line to me, to be honest, because like you said, even if you even if you say, oh, I think that Kansas City and Miami and Baltimore, even Buffalo, whatever, are in the same kind of league. Well, they have the best odds out of all of those teams. They have better odds than Jacksonville does. So. Right. I mean, I, I think at worst we're low. saying they're yeah. all in the same category at worst. So right, and right. you're getting the best odds on them. So. Yeah, and I think I think you know if we bookmark this and a month from now, my guess is that plus one thousand might be plus six fifty, plus seven hundred. I yep. mean, I, I have a feeling it'll go that direction. You know, unless something happens here. So again, I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point, but I just think right now this Cincinnati team's a buzzsaw. And I, I think, you know, and, and even let's take it a step further when we get the look ahead line for, you know, the following week. I mean, you could potentially get some value on them here because let's say let's just say they do beat Buffalo fairly convincingly in that yeah, game. by 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden people are like, oh, the Bengals, man, this team's amazing. Right. I mean, they're going to say that. Right. So, you know, you could even look ahead now for for following week and play a look ahead line before, you know, that value goes away. Yep. And I'm sure the line will be wide because it's Houston 
coming to Cincinnati. But to your point, I mean, the the line's going to move. To your point on the futures, too, I mean, if they do beat Buffalo, and then they have Houston, which they need to win, then they go to Baltimore on a Thursday. So that's a tough spot. But if they if they do that and win these next three games with Buffalo and Baltimore both being in there, that line's lower than 650 <laughs> at for that sure. point. Like, it's really coming down. It's for like sure. plus, plus 400 at that point, probably. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, that should be a fun one, hopefully. So let's let's uh, look at the board then, Yanni. What else is sticking out to you this week, even if the matchup isn't great as far as a game, in terms of things that you're interested in betting-wise? Anything uh, sticking out for you? Well, I, I think so for for one, and I, we, ha- we probably have to wait official word, but it looks like Clayton Toon is going to be starting for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Dobbs is bench, so we might see Murray in that game. So that's why I said we may have to look, but my guess is it sounds like Clayton Toon's going to get the start there. Um, wow. They're on the road in Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's minus eight. I'm not laying minus eight with Cleveland against anyone because their offense is, you know, who knows, PJ Walker, Deshaun, whatever. But I will tease the heck out of this game because there is no way that Clayton Toon against that defense uh, is going to find a way to win that game in Cleveland. I'm sorry, that's just not happening. So I think when you're looking at teaser legs, um, that's definitely one that you can look at there. I, I think the Saints are a teaser leg if Tyson Bajan gets the start again. I mean, we saw him last night on Sunday Night Football. I mean, that kind of one-game magic, eh, you know, whatever. Not that I think the Saints are great, but I think they can do enough, bully that team a little bit, and come away with a home win against Chicago. I don't see the Bears winning that. So, you know, there's some teaser angles there. Um, I don't hate the Rams getting plus three. I think the fact that they got blown out, you know, I think we're getting a little bit of value there. I I just think, and I understand that them going across to Green Bay is probably not an ideal situation for that team, but Green Bay is really bad. Like they're really bad. Um, you know, when you look at that, so I think you can start looking at a, you know, a game like that and saying, should Green Bay be laying, laying points to anybody, even at home? Um, you know, I, I think there's that. Um, and then a couple others, I think Tennessee, was that a one game thing from Will Levis there? Or, you know, is, is he the real deal? I mean, he sure looked good, but getting three points, I mean, Pittsburgh, we don't know, is it Pickett? Is it Trubisky? Does it matter? Are they going to be able to score on that Tennessee defense? We know they're probably not going to be able to run the ball. That's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, Pickett or, or Trubisky there. And if Tennessee has any semblance of offense with Will Levis there, I mean, getting that field goal seems nice in that game. Um, and then let me see if there was anything else there. I, I also, one other one I really like here and, and it's, it's chalky, but I like Indianapolis on the road here against Carolina. And I know Carolina maybe has a little confidence. They won a game, they're playing at home, but I actually think the fact that they kind of got the monkey off their back and got a win. I actually think that might play into the favor here. Cause you know, they're, yeah, it's like, okay, we won big deal our season. Now we're back to one and six and you know, whatever they're, you know, whatever. But what I like here is Indy's really running the ball. Well, that offensive line is really pushing the pocket there. And I think that, you know, we saw Jonathan Taylor make plays. We still see Zach Moss and Carolina is not good at stopping the run. They did okay against Houston. Uh, but Houston doesn't run the ball well. I just have a feeling Indy runs the ball down their throat in this game, and they find a way to win this just because I, I don't think Carolina is going to stop them. So under a field goal, I like Indy in that game. Uh, and I guess that's probably that's probably what I got. So I'll shut up and hear your thoughts now. Yeah. <laughs> no shutting up. Uh, you got to one of the ones I really like at the end here. Again, uh, because I'm in Indiana, I end up watching the Colts games. I, I mean, I try to go back and watch numerous teams, but I, I end up watching the Colts on Sunday usually. Th- this man, if this team had a secondary, <laughs> they could be, and if Gardner Minshew could take care of the football, right? Like if those two things would happen, Jonathan Taylor looks really good. Uh, this offensive line is getting push. Having Zach Moss as your backup, who still he had a couple runs last week that were like. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, how did he get 12 yards instead of negative one yards on that play? Josh Downs is, I think, better than anyone thought he was going to be. Michael Pittman Jr. is playing well. Like, this is just a team that overall offensively is good. The defense is a concern. (laughs) But to your point, Carolina, yes, they won a game against Houston. Coming off a bye, I think it was a good spot for them. I still don't think they're a good team. So I'm, and I think Indy is like, 
I think the perception on Indy is lower than what they actually are. If they play a team that has a great offense, they will get eaten up. But if they play a team that doesn't, I actually think they're they're pretty solid. So I like that one quite a bit. I'm with you yep. there. Um, I kind of like Pittsburgh. It's maybe not the most uh, <laughs> um, analytical breakdown. But number one, I think we often see uh, first-year quarterbacks or backups or whatever come into a game and have one good game, and then people kind of see what they're about, and then it doesn't go so well for them the next time. Also, Will Levis had a big game, but if you go back and watch a lot of those throws that he made, it wasn't that he made good throws. It was that DeAndre Hopkins did something to get open, sometimes pushing a defender down if that's what it took. So I, I didn't think Levis looked so sharp as much as like his receivers made him look good. So I kind of like Pittsburgh there regardless of who. Now, I think your point about the rush defense is a good one, though. And that's something to consider is can Pittsburgh get it done through the air at all? I will say on on Pittsburgh's side, man, uh, Kenny Pickett looked okay. His receivers were dropping passes left and right for him. If they could actually catch the ball, um, you know, I think it would could go okay offensively for him. I'm just I, I'm struggling with Pittsburgh and and I, we've talked about it on on your podcast here before. Kudos to Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's getting wins out of this team and I I just I think this team stinks. I I mean, I just think they're really I I just think they're really bad. And I mean, they've won games and again, kudos to Mike Tomlin. They find ways to win games. And Tennessee is by no means a good team. I, I you know, that's that's not it. And I think you bring up a valid point and hey, First start, chuck some balls up, things went his way, you know, that kind of a thing. But I just, I think Pittsburgh is really bad. Like, I just think they're a really bad football team. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think Pittsburgh is good either, by the way. For me, it's that they're at home and I don't believe in Will Levis. That's yeah. kind of what it comes down to for me there. Um, the other one, man, and this could be total Homer, but I'm going to, I'm going to just talk about why is potentially the Vikings are at minus four or plus four and a half right now. Obviously, like we talked about earlier, I am a hundred percent on board with you. You lose a quarterback who's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's a massive hit. I, I, I don't, I don't have like pipe dreams of the Vikings making the playoffs at this point. You know, it, it, that that's the nail in the coffin for them. However, in this game against Atlanta and Atlanta has been, decent like there are a number of things that would say this has been a a pretty good team but they don't generally win by margin so like at four and a half you're saying they got to win by five or more they don't beat hardly anybody by five or more also it sounds like Desmond Ritter is going to play I mean even if he doesn't the one thing that Minnesota's defense has done and their defense has been okay like I've been super happy as a Vikings fan to have an okay defense they can create some havoc and get some pressure, man. And if you do that on Desmond Ritter, I think you're going to have opportunities for turnovers. And so I think if they can get one or two turnovers in this game on the defensive side, if they can rely a little bit on the run game here, um, I think that this could be a low-scoring, non-blowout kind of game that Atlanta, I absolutely expect them to win. But I just... I mean, it's almost they almost have a backup quarterback. Minnesota has a backup quarterback too, and it's four and a half points. It just feels like a lot to me. Uh, oh, here and here's my one other point. This goes to the Will Levis thing. Sometimes you get a guy who comes in who isn't even a very good quarterback. Look at look at uh, Badgett for the for the Bears as well, right? You get this guy who comes in who probably isn't going to be a good NFL quarterback, but in his first start, he looks pretty decent, and then after that, it goes downhill. I just wonder if that could happen here with Jaron Hall as well and if the Vikings end up keeping this one close. Crazy? No, no. I, I you know, I think I saw somebody make a statement and said, I don't care if if they pull a fan out of the stands to play quarterback. <laughs> the, the Falcons should not be laying more than a field goal against anyone. <laughs> um, so I mean, I think there's probably some sentiment with what you said. I mean, at the end of the day how much better is Desmond Ritter than, than whoever's going to be playing quarterback for the Vikings. I am. And I think you're right. You know, Minnesota's also been pretty good against the run. We know what does Atlanta want to do? They want to try to run the football. I mean, I know Drake London got banged up. So, you know, what, what can they do throwing the ball? I don't know. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I guess my concern here is what if Minnesota can only muster 
10 points. Yeah. You right. know, and, and then it's 17 to 10 and you're nine lost or 12 yeah. or something. Yeah. Right? Tons yeah, of field yeah, goals. yeah. 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 Which I mean, you know, to me, that's not yeah. impossible. So for me, it's a pass. I will tell you this. The first thing I did was look at that total. And in my mind, I was like, please be in the forties. I was hoping it'd be like 40, 41, you know, whatever it was. And it's 37, you know? So, cause, cause yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't, it, to me, it's going to be hard for both of these teams to score in this game unless we see turnovers, you know, interceptions in their own end, that kind of a thing that maybe amps up the, the scoring. But I, it's tough to see either team getting to 20 points in this game, in, in my opinion. I, yeah. So it's like, that's why I was like, please be at 40. If we, you know, we'll take <laughs> it. There's no way both of these teams get to 20 here in this game, you know, whatever. So I, I'm with you. And obviously, if you do think it's low scoring, as the total at 37 would indicate, if you're getting five points, I mean, maybe not the worst idea in the world. I mean, I, I can certainly buy into that argument. I personally won't bet it, but I, I can certainly buy into the argument, though. Yeah, I mean, I know it's possible for the game to get away from them, but, man, I'm really going to think about it. And I'll probably think about a tease, too. I mean, you get up to 10 and a half if you tease this up. I mean, I, I'm just looking. And, and again, I'm not like expecting a lot from Jaron Hall or anything, but they beat the Panthers by 14 in the first game of the season when Bryce Young was absolutely atrocious. And then these are their wins. Packers by one, Texans by two, Buccaneers by three. Yeah. So you, you tease know, like, the 10 and a half. I mean, yeah, like we said, are they are they blowing anybody out? Probably not. Right. So, you know, not even often a anyway. No, not no. often. So, so, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I mean – very well could be a, a three-point win, or if you tease it, even if they win by a touchdown or even 10 at that point, I mean, you're, you know, you're covered. So I, I, I don't hate it either. Again, I probably won't get down on that, but um, I don't hate it. Yep. All right, man. Well, unless you've got anything else, I think that about covers it for this week. No, lots of good stuff, man. I'm excited for the weekend. Yeah, me too. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, if you're not already doing it, go follow at the Bet Crushers at Yanni underscore bet and also betcrushers.com is where you can get all the stuff that Yanni's putting out. He's putting out awesome DFS articles, props, sides, totals, all that kind of. And the thing I love about uh, what you do too is like it's really well explained. It's not just like here's a pick. There's a ton of awesome information there. And so I know for me even reading it, it's like even if I don't end up in the same place, there's always good information I'm taking. So go do that if you haven't. Also like the video, subscribe. Leave a comment. What's your favorite bet for this week? And hopefully we'll all make a little bit of money this weekend together. Thanks, Yanni. Have a good night, and we'll talk again soon. You too. Appreciate it.